Hi there. This is Balanced Torah Living with Adam Rubin. And I'm your host, Adam Rubin. Welcome back to regulars, and welcome to the first time to newcomers. Tonight continues our parenting series, and tonight we'll focus on the idea of being positive and the value of silly. Okay, so we'll start quickly focus on being positive, then we'll then we'll just get silly. Um, so in terms of the positive piece, as we all know, no's don't really go very far. And continuing to tell a child not to do something even when we know that it's definitely not the right thing to do. And even where they may have some understanding it's not the right thing to do, just plain doesn't work 99% of the time. So whether... You know, whether it's giving them consequences, which, you know, in my opinion, are, are sometimes necessary, or just flat out saying no, criticizing, whatever it might be, it's just not effective. The true path to effective parenting is providing fos- positive feedback, positively giving them a sense of when they make good choices, boosting them up, building them up so that they want to engage in that behavior again. And it's something that we really have to practice. Being critical comes natural to most of us. And it's much easier to see that we see the challenging behaviors all the time. Unless you're one of those very rare, rare parents with the magical children that don't make mistakes. But for the rest of us, you know, they're, whether they're going from a not great food choice to a hitting choice to a leaving the clothes on the floor choice to a teeth choice, whatever it might be, we, it's very easy for us to, to recognize where they slip up. We've got to really train ourselves to look for and have our radar on high for when they're making good choices in all facets of their life. Point it out. Be specific. Hey there, Shmuel. You chose, you know, you chose an apple there. You could have, you could have had more chips. There were chips on the table. There was the apple. You chose the apple. That was a healthy choice. That was a healthy choice to give your body that. You're a healthy kid. Focus on the specific. Build them up. And that type of positive attention, positive emotion will over time lead to them wanting to engage in the, those behaviors in part to get that positive response from you. Okay. Now, the value of being silly conceptually and then with a few suggestions as well. So whether it's school and uh, secular studies, the Modea Kodesh, whatever it might be, our kids are under a lot of stress in lots of different ways and uh, very heavily involved with schoolwork, friends, chores, playdates. It can be quite the intense schedule and intense life. Then they've got these parents who are t- trying to teach them how to be people, and they're not always so amenable to being people, and that can get to be pretty tense as well. So being able to be silly with your kids is huge. It enables there to be a lighter air. 
it'll give you more more breathing room so that when you do have to have those serious talks, focus on certain behaviors that they need to work on, you're, you have that background of the positivity and the silliness and it's just a lighter place to live in general. So examples, different strategies. One, tell stories. Make up stories. I'll take a step back and say obviously everyone's different. Every parent's different. Everyone's got a different skill set. For some folks, being silly is much nat- more natural to them. Those are the sillier people. Um, and for other people, it might be more challenging, and that's normal. And you know, everyone has to respect their own character makeup. So, to the extent that it that it feels comfortable, and and you know, you can experiment and try different aspects of being silly. And some things may talk to you more than others. Go to what feels the most normal, what feels doable to you, and don't do something that that you hate and that you just can't sustain. So it might take a little trial and error. And I recognize that um, it's going to vary. Now I, I'm, I can get I can be silly. So uh, you know this is something that maybe I find a little bit more natural. And I did some improv in high school, so doing the voices, etc., comes to me uh, possibly a little bit easier, easier than others. But there are certain parts you'll, you know you'll, you'll find something, some area, whether it's music or art or in telling stories, whatever it is, hopefully you'll be able to, to find an angle that works for you to show that lighter, kid-like, fun aspect of yourself to kids and share that with them. Okay, so one, one option, stories. Make up stories, make up characters. Obviously we're all concerned, you know, okay, so like what type of material are kids taking in? Whether it's reading, magazine, shows, whatever it is, we want to be sensitive to that. And one way to uh, to meet their entertainment needs and to foster the relationship, make up stories, make up characters. Um, one tool that uh, I learned about Relatively recently, this idea of, of social storytelling, where you, you tell stories, let's say about certain things you want your kids to work on, and you tell a story. You can either use their names if they like that, or make up other kids' names, but walk through a story that demonstrates the behavior that they want to have. So, these social stories, and it really, really can be an effective tool. I've done it with my kids in different situations. Um, even when I had to take one kid to a um, sort of an, a, an urgent care center to deal with a, um, a mosquito bite that had gotten out of control and, even, and had a MRSA infection going on and it had to be trained. But I walked through this social story with, uh, with this child in the car beforehand and how they were going to be so brave and how they are going to, to get through it and then you bring them to the end of the story and has a conclusion. So they've gone through the story before they've done the event. That can be... So that's a little bit more of a purposeful story and those social stories, I think, are a really good tool. And also just can be silly stories in general just to keep it fun and you can also use them as teaching tools. Two... Just using different voices in general. It could be accents. It can it can be just silly voices, and it's just it can be fun for them if you feel comfortable doing that type of thing just throughout the day. And maybe you have certain voices that you use in certain times. 
I have a certain voice that I use with one of my kids when I change his diaper and like it's a certain character and he really doesn't like getting his diaper changed. But, um, but I go to this voice and it's a little bit more fun for him often and also because I use it at certain times, it's a cue to me to get into that mode uh, to, to remember to use it. Um, also, and this has to be done delicately, but you can use it to take the edge off of certain things. If you need to do a reminder about something and you don't want to sound like a, a nag or it's just getting too much, but if you, if you, now it can't always be done because they have to hear that you're being serious about the situation and that it's just not a funny thing, but sometimes if you use a voice as a reminder or if you're really feeling amped up and like you want to just tear into them, but sometimes you can switch it to a voice or doing it in a sing-songy kind of way to still get your, your energy out and get your message across but hopefully have it be a bit more palatable to them. Three, um, when, when you're doing these voices, you can even use character voices from cartoons, cartoons that you, that, you know from your childhood. Not that we ever watch cartoons or anything, but uh, if you happen to, see one or two cartoons. Uh, certain voices, whatever it is, it can be fun for you too. You got to keep it fun for yourself. It has to be interesting, as we all know. Parenting is probably the most challenging job out there. I don't care what you do, <laughs> what your job is that you make money at. Um, so it's got to be fun for you too, and you've got to find ways to enjoy it, and energize it with some freshness, newness, spontaneity. So maybe pull some some uh, voices from cartoons from your kid, and you don't have to obviously you don't have to tell them the names of the characters. They'll have no idea, but you'll get a kick out of it. And doing all this can really it can it can just get them to laugh more, get to have that that positive relationship, those positive vibes going with them. It's just such a fertile fertile ground for for growth and relationship and navigating the rough spots that come up along the way. If you have that that warmth and that laughter and those positive vibes that are just resonating in your home. Okay, next four. Puppet shows. Try puppet shows. Um, you know, I say get some puppets. I mean, you can obviously do it with socks too. But um, maybe get some puppets, get some finger puppets, have be another fun activity. You can, once again, if you want to use it as a teaching tool, you can use it as a teaching tool. Um, otherwise, just have it be fun for them. Something to do on Shabbos, great Shabbos option. Like, so what are the kids doing Shabbos? Obviously, we want to keep it exciting for them and uh, in such a special day. So many of the you know typical things that they engage in might not be available, whether that's bikes or or art and other things. So finding good alternatives on Shabbos, special things, a puppet show can be another option. Once again, you can have recurring characters, another fun thing. And doing all of these things, engaging in this. In this silliness and this creativity and engaging with them in a in an authentic way, you're giving them yourself, which is a very important thing. Give them yourself. Show them you know who you are and different different sides of yourself, and and you're then modeling that. Hey, look, adults don't have to be serious all the time. Adults aren't boring. Adults can be creative. Adults can do voices and be silly, and and um, and you're and you're modeling and you're giving them an image 
of the types of parents that they can be. And if we don't share that with, with them, then they're going to have a very narrow view of what, you know, what does it mean to be a parent? Just you know, do this, do that, don't do this, that rigidity. And, and they, they also, they really sense when you are being authentic with them and you are expressing different parts of who you are, it, uh, it makes an impression, it, it makes a, a deeper impact on them. Um, the idea from Chazal, it's escaping at the moment, the source with this idea that, you know, a statement that comes from the heart and comes from a deep place, penetrates that level of depth in the other person. Words that come from a deep place go to a deep place. So when you have that that authentic, that, that silliness and that, and that emotion behind it and that positivity that's coming from a deep place of of warmth and youthfulness, etc., it's going to it's going to hit them and it's going to penetrate deeply and it's gonna going to strengthen your bond with them. Okay, next up, let's see here. Um, another great one, being silly, especially with the boys. You can certainly do it with the girls too. Wrestle with the boys. And I've read um, in Parenting with Love and Logic, which I mentioned recently on, recently on a podcast, that research shows that wrestling, especially with boys is a very powerful means of developing relationship, increasing the level of attachment and connectivity. And I can just say, just I mean, and we all and we all know this, and we do it sometimes, right? Some do it more than than others, but it really is a very positive experience. My boys love it. It's such a connection point to just wrestle with them, and uh, you can even do characters there and have it be fun. And it really does. Um, you can feel it. You can feel it during and then after the the closeness that it builds, and you certainly can do it with girls too. And it depends on the girl and depends on the age. Um, it might be that more with the girls. It might be doing sort of a, a you know a, a tickling thing, but and also it's going to depend on the kid in terms of how much is touch one of their primary aspects of their love language. Um, but using those tools, wrestling, wrestling with the kids, tickling other good ways to, to be silly and to uh, to enhance the relationship. Okay. So, be positive. We talked about really reinforcing the only way to really change behavior. Positive reinforcement of positive behaviors. Go to it. Put in the effort. It might feel unnatural at first, but the more you do it, the more you practice, you practice it, the more it will become second nature. And two, the value of silly. Find what works for you. Any of these things, it might be a little uncomfortable at first. An experiment. If it really rubs you the wrong way and it really is a massive effort every time with a certain tool, whether it's singing to them or doing the puppet show, so don't do that one. This is not about pulling your teeth or pulling your hair out. We already know that at least for my uh, male listeners, the hair is already on the way out, so you can't be pulling that. Um, and the teeth, you know, Baruch Hashem, we've got uh, great toothbrushes and high-level toothpaste today, but you still have to be careful there. Keep those teeth intact. Um, one of Hashem's many 
unbelievable kindnesses and greatnesses uh, that he's instilled in man. Um, Reverend Victor Miller talks a lot about the value of teeth. If you haven't, take a look at his uh, his commentary on Shabbat uh, Just a tremendous book, a lot about appreciating Hashem's, Hashem's creation. But do something ultimately that feels right and that resonates with you and either that you super duper enjoy or that at least is uh is tolerable to uh to to slightly positive. Okay. Thank you so much uh for joining for this uh session in the parenting series. Have a great week and I look forward to seeing you back here soon. Bye-bye.